Happy New Year 2023. It's New Year's Eve, would you believe? New Year's Eve. Where's that year gone? I don't know. I don't know what's happening with the time. I saw a joke the other day somewhere, somewhere online, you know, I poke around on my iPad looking at things. There's this picture of a lady and the little speech bubble said, I don't know where that year's gone. I didn't even have time to lose weight. Huh, I know the feeling. No doubt you can tell I'm still a bit throaty or whatever it is. Bit of a sore throat, bit of a, a blocked up. We won't go into that. We won't go into the gory details of my cold. But it's rather annoying because I didn't visit my mum for three Saturdays in a row because she had this dreadful lurgy and I thought, I'm not going to get that. I've stayed here. I've kept away from people, apart from Boxing Day, when the family all came round. But it was Boxing Day morning that I actually woke up with a sore throat. So it wasn't from them. I don't know where I got it. Trisha reckons that she could be another typhoid Mary. Do you know, I've heard of that. I thought it was a joke, but there was a typhoid Mary. This lady that got typhoid herself. Well, no, she didn't catch it herself, but uh, she carried it. She was a carrier of typhoid. And wherever she went, she gave people typhoid. So I've been saying to Trish, you're, uh, you're the same as typhoid Mary. Go around and see my mum and your mum. Bring it back here, you're fine, and give it to me. Lovely jubbly. It's ten past ten, Friday morning. Bit of blue sky out there, a little bit of wind from the west. The flag's just breezing around. Eleven degrees centigrade, which I think, I've just looked it up and I can't remember. 51.8 Fahrenheit, was it? 89% humidity, so we're not quite underwater. 1008 millibars on the old barometer. So it's quite a nice day. We've had a lot of wind and rain. And, oh, they had a tornado. Was it Sheffield? Did you hear about that? A tornado ripped the roofs off houses and things. Those poor people, they've just had their nice Christmas and now they're out of their houses. The roofs have been ripped off. I don't know. It's awful, isn't it? As I've said many times before, we're very lucky down here on the south coast. We just don't get a lot of this stuff that goes on in the rest of the country. The west coast... Wales and all that lot down in uh, you know Cornwall up to Wales up to Liverpool and that and of course Ireland they get a lot of the stuff coming in from the Atlantic whereas we don't we are lucky here the flag's looking good I mustn't keep on about the flag but it is looking good so that's Christmas over that's Boxing Day over we can all relax now I said to Trish the other day was it yesterday should we get these decorations down let's get the tree back up in the loft no 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 she said not yet not yet 12 days, 12 days. So that'll take us, what did she say? 6th of January or something? I'm just keen to get it all down. I'm looking forward to the spring. Get the tomato plants growing. Get out into the garden, mow the lawn. In my shorts and T-shirt. Oh, I'm getting beach body ready. You won't believe what I've lost in weight since Christmas Day, no, since Boxing Day. Five pounds. How about that? Five pounds in weight gone since Boxing Day. So when was that? That was... Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah, three days, and I've lost five pounds. I think it's the initial pigging out, isn't it? You pig out on stuff, have a couple of beers, and the weight goes on, but then give it a day or two later, and it's all gone off again. But I am going to seriously get beach body ready this year. No, next year. Yeah, for next summer. So it won't be long. Gary will be waking up. Gary the tortoise, he'll be coming out of hibernation and poking around, looking for something to eat. The buds will be coming out on the bushes. Plants will be sticking their little heads up above the soil. Excellent. Summer will be on the way. I love the summer. I think most people do. One or two, though. One or two people have said, oh, my favourite time of year. This is cold and uh, cosy indoors. Yes, it is cosy indoors, especially by the fire. But I'd rather be outside frightening the neighbours in my shorts, showing them my legs. <laughs> Just going to try a little experiment. Now, does this annoy you? It certainly annoys me. Listen to this. One, two, three, four. Hello, Hello. Welcome, welcome to, to Ray's Rants. The reason I just put some echo on the recording there was I was listening around to podcasts the other day, various podcasts. So many of them start with music blasting out. Oh, this all started. Someone said, who has emailed me? John. Hello, John. Why don't you have a little signature tune? Basically, because I think it annoys people. That's why. You go to listen to a podcast, you think this might be interesting, you blast it with music for far too long, and then 
this echo effect. People put on an echo. I started to listen to a podcast the other day, something about amateur radio, which I thought might be interesting. And the chap had this echo on throughout the whole podcast. Well, I say throughout the whole podcast. I think it must have been. I flipped through and it was still echoing halfway through. But I mean, that would annoy you, wouldn't it? And our local CBers, there's one in particular. You know these echo mics? Do you remember CB days in the UK? These echo mics. Hello, 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 hello. One, two, 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 two. All this business. Awful. And Roger beeps. Remember the Roger beeps and all that stuff? There are one or two round here that still do that on CB. In fact, I've just had to turn it off because someone's Roger beeping and echoing all over the place. But uh, it is annoying. Anyway, you're not having music and you're not having echoes. You'll be pleased to hear. Do you remember in the past I've played one or two audio clips that uh, you've sent in where I've said to people, just send it an MP3 or whatever. Say hello, say where you're from. Well, one of two of you emailed me and said you don't like that. You want to hear me, not other people. Fair enough. I suppose that's a compliment, really. And one or two of you also didn't like... Did you hear that? One or two of you didn't like that. When I say, oh, hang on, news flash, what's happened? <laughs> oh, yeah, the moon's gone out of orbit, cleared off to Jupiter. One or two of you didn't like the news flashes. And one or two of you didn't like the sound effects. Do you remember people would say, oh, I wake up to this, and you get cock and train noises going, you know, train going past, and aircraft taking off, and moo cows, and whatever it was. <laughs> moo cows. Listen to me, how old am I? So it's difficult to please all the people all the time. What is the saying? Can't please all the people all the time. Some of them, some of the time or something. I quite liked the little audio clips that people sent in. I quite liked that. I just thought it was a bit different. I thought it gave you a break. You, you listen to me for an hour, especially with a sore throat. You know, you must be thinking, oh, stone the crows. Is this ever going to end? Well, I suppose you can turn it off. <laughs> anyway, we don't seem to have any more MP3s or moo cow noises, trains going past or news flashes. Oh, there's a coincidence. That's my neighbour's rooster. Email from Bob about Christmas, having the, the kids, you know, the grandkids round. It's really nice. He says that uh, in the rural area where he lives, kids were outside stomping through the mud puddles, chasing the dog, generally being loud while getting wet and dirty. Now, that's good. That's what I remember. After Christmas dinner, as a child, we'd all go up the woods, and very often it would be in the snow, which was great fun. You know, after a big dinner, you, you full up and you get out and have a little bit of exercise. Not too much. You're not meant to exercise, are you, too much after you've just eaten. But it was lovely to get out into the fresh air for a while. I think these days there are too many, what are they called? Couch potatoes. <laughs> Couch potatoes. I like that expression. We had Brussels sprouts with our dinner. On the telly, some news programme, they were saying people only eat Brussels sprouts once a year and that's for Christmas dinner. That's not true. We eat them all year round. I like sprouts. They can cause problems, though. It can be a bit windy, they reckon. I saw a documentary-type programme about Brussels sprouts and there's something in them. I don't know the chemical and all the terms and that, but there's something about sprouts that cause a bit of wind. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Talking of Christmas dinner, did you hear about the turkeys? A lot of supermarket turkeys were bad. What do they call it? Rancid. That's a good word, isn't it? They were rancid. People bought them weeks ago, frozen, and they put them in the freezer. Of course, they come to prepare them for Christmas dinner. And they looked like they got big bruises on them. They were showing them on the telly. And they were saying they're rancid. Ruined a lot of people's Christmas dinner. Various supermarkets they named. I suppose they all get them from one place, I don't know. But they didn't look very uh, very nice at all. They looked dreadful. I do miss the old Christmases back in the 50s and 60s. They used to have uh, a lorry all done up with Christmas lights, you know, like a flatbed lorry. And on the back of it, there'd be Father Christmas in his grotto and carols blasting out of these loudspeakers. <laughs> and they'd go down the road, all sorts of side roads. they drive all round the place. And you'd go out there and chuck a bit of change into the buckets that the people were, were carrying. You know, they were collecting for whatever charity. It was great. And the Salvation Army, of course, they'd go around with their, what is it, brass band making a noise early on a Sunday morning <laughs> when people are trying to sleep. Do you know, people moan about church bells. I think the sound of church bells on a Sunday morning is lovely. Oh, damn noise, wake everyone up. 
You know, they don't start till about nine or ten o'clock, and a lot of them have stopped. They don't do the bells anymore. I was reading that the other day somewhere, probably online, you know, where it's all fake news anyway. But I miss all those things. It was great, especially at Christmas, the church bells, the, the carol singers. We don't have carol singers come round anymore. Do you remember that? We haven't had any, I don't think, for the past, well, few years, certainly. You'd hear children outside your front door singing away, then they'd, they'd ring the bell and you'd go and give them a, a couple of bob or whatever it was, a bit of loose change and offer them a, a sweet or a, a mince pie. I remember my mum doing that in the old days, get the carol singers out. I'd go carol singing. Not I could sing. <laughs> I'd go carol singing with a few other kids and we'd collect a few bob, you know, which was good, straight over the sweet chop the following day. <laughs> it was good fun. I haven't heard carol singers in our street. I, uh, how long we've been here? I don't know, we've been here forever. Not for many, many years I haven't heard carol singers. Same with Guy Fawkes night, you know, bonfire night. We had a, when I was a kid, we make a guy out of old shirts, you know, get some clothes from your mum, shirts, old pair of trousers, stuff it full of straw or whatever, go over the farm. There's always a farm nearby. Go and collect some straw, stuff it all in this thing and make a guy, make his face and put a hat on him and stuff, put it on your uh, your trolley, you know, your go-kart thing with pram wheels, drag it over to the local shops and sit there looking forlorn and broke. <laughs> and people would throw money in your pot, normally only pennies, but they'd throw money in your pot. I haven't seen a guy for, I don't know, decades. Presumably kids still do that, do they? Perhaps it's been banned, perhaps they've classed as beggars or something and they get arrested. Wouldn't surprise me these days. Oh, you won't believe this news alert. Struth, I thought we were over all this. UK snow alert. Storm threatens to smash Britain in 24 hours with gales, rain and eight inches of snow. Da-da-da. Eight, what are they talking about? Eight inches of snow, my foot. Maybe up in Scotland they'll have a sprinkling of snow. But how is a storm going to smash Britain? Do they mean in 24 hours, time? Or will it be over 24 hours? There's no punctuation. They're illiterate, as well as lie a lot. <laughs> we never did have the minus 10 Icelandic blast, or what else was it? The Siberian freeze and the snow bomb. Did I tell you about the snow bomb alert? Apparently we were, it didn't happen, we were going to be bombed with snow. What are they going to do, chuck snowballs out of an aircraft or something? We didn't see any snow. I used to like the forecast, the weather forecast, that the pirate ships used to put out, Radio London, Radio Caroline. They were pretty good, but every now and then they'd have a sort of joke one. They'd say, for example, in the east it's going to be a clear day, lovely sunshine, blue sky all day long, with storms and torrential rain, which will clear later as heavy snowfalls move in towards the north. Totally silly, but good fun. Kenny Everett used to do things like that. That's back in the days when things were fun. You know, that word's come up a lot recently, hasn't it? Uh, on the podcast episodes and your emails. We used to have fun. This was fun and that was fun. And it's all gone now. You can't have fun. Health and safety won't let you do this and that. Which is good on you know, in some respects, I suppose. But all the fun seems to have gone. There were a few pirate stations on over Christmas. I listened around on Medium Wave, that's AM, and FM, of course, the FM VHF band. There were one or two that popped up there, and Medium Wave. And it's quite good fun. Weak signals, not very good on Medium Wave, but uh, one or two on FM that popped up were quite good. One was in stereo, so someone's got some decent gear. But, of course, it's only once a year. Well, down here it's once a year. In London, there are pirate radio stations running all the time on uh, Band 2 VHF FM. They're going all the time. And, of course, the authorities are after them all the time. And uh, I don't know what goes on. Can't hear any of it down here, of course, on the coast. We're too far away. Trisha's out at the moment with number two daughter. They're walking number two daughter's dog along the beach and having a coffee in the uh, beach cafe in Lansing. You probably know of that one. Look it up on the map. It's called The Perch, I think. I would have gone. I could do with a decent walk, but not with this cough and cold. There's no point in going out and getting cold, is there? it just make it worse. And that's not an excuse. I really do want to get some walking in. Come 2024. 
and eat less, of course. Beach body ready. <laughs> That's a funny expression, isn't it? Beach body ready. But I shall make a serious point of losing weight. I know everyone says that every year and very few people actually make it, but uh, I'm going to try this year, really try. It's not this year, is it? It's next year. Tomorrow, Monday, is 2024. Yes, it's tomorrow, not this year. I was chatting to a friend the other day about the old days, as I always do, because I'm always interested in ideas for podcast episodes. And he was saying, do you remember that neighbours back in the old days, down south, that is here, down south, they very rarely spoke to each other. I remember that our next door neighbour, when I was, well, a child, sort of from five to, when did I leave there, about 20? Our next door neighbour, immediate neighbour, didn't speak. Hardly ever spoke to us. He'd say hello and he might just nod his head as he got on his bicycle and went off to work. He was a tax man. Perhaps that's why he didn't speak. He was a tax man. You know what they're like, or what they used to be like. Bank managers. They were awful people. Bank managers in the old days. Struth. You go in there, please, sir, can I have some more? More what? More money? No. <laughs> they really were awful people. I suppose they were just doing their job. But neighbours, I do remember that. In fact, one side we had this neighbour, the tax man. He didn't speak to anyone, neither did his wife. Oh, no, she spoke to me once. When I was about 16, she came round and she said, my ornaments are rattling in my lounge. I had this big amplifier and a huge speaker in our lounge, which was you know, a semi-detached place, so just through the wall was her lounge. And the bass was terrific, boom, 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 absolutely terrific. And she came round and moaned, so I turned it down. That's the only time she ever spoke to me in all the years. How long were we there? 15 years or whatever? Never spoke to me apart from that once to complain. And the one, the other side of her, they were weird people. They didn't speak to anyone. Passed them in the street, they'd look the other way. You'd think, what have I done wrong? Have I upset them? Have I offended them? No, there was no offence back then. It wasn't like it is these days. Struth. Everyone offends everyone by just walking along the street. You've offended someone. But these days, where we are here, I've said many times over the years, haven't I? Our neighbours are fantastic. I've got to say that because I know some of them listen. No, seriously, we all say hello to each other. We've got a WhatsApp group for the entire, well, not the entire road. What have we got? 80-something houses in the road. And I suppose we've got 40 people on the WhatsApp group, so that's not bad, about half. Everyone says hello to each other. We all look out for each other. We take parcels in. We take a lot of parcels in for people here because I worked from home for many, many years, people knew that I was always in. Trish went off to work. I was working from home, restoring the vintage valve radios. So I used to take in parcels for quite a few of the neighbours. And uh, sometimes Trish would get in from work and the hallway's full of parcels. And she'd say, well, you've had a busy day. Yeah, about six, seven, eight parcels, all for different people. Quite good fun. It's the community, isn't it? It's getting to know each other. But back then, up north... I mean, I, I don't know, I wasn't up north, but apparently up north in those days, people would leave their front doors open and they'd pop in and out of each other's houses. Have you got a cup of sugar? Have you got any milk I can borrow? Come in, have a cup of tea and a chat. Ladies would chat over the garden fence, wouldn't they? They didn't really do that down here. I think that's why the northerners thought that we were all a bit stuck up down here, all a bit too, I don't know, whatever the word is, not posh, but... Uh, yeah, I say, well, can't, certainly can't talk to the neighbours. What? Good grief. That wasn't every neighbour, of course. Not all of them. There were one or two that we got to know and became friendly with. I remember a chap had come round, one of my radio friends had come round to see me. And I was just, we were chatting out in the, in the street. He'd just dropped something off. And one of the neighbours said, hi, Ray, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, hello. Then another neighbour said, hi, Ray, all right. And he said to me, your neighbours all know you. And I said, yeah, yes, well, we've been here a few years. He said, none of my neighbours speak to me. <laughs> I said, well, perhaps they don't like you. And he said, no, they don't speak to each other. And I think in the main, that is the way things are. Look at that blue sky. That's lovely. Lighter evenings. Well, not that you'd notice, but they're not far away now. So what are your neighbours like? Ray's rants at protonmail.com. Got the email address right again. I was beginning to worry because I keep making so many mistakes. Can't even remember my own email address. I was thinking that perhaps I'm going do lally. 
wonder what do lally means. Well, mental, I suppose, but where does the term, the expression do lally come from? A lady I knew worked in a hotel uh, down on the seafront and she said that uh, a coach full of northerners would turn up and I hope you don't mind me calling you northerners up north, you call us southerners, so we're not going to take offence, we're all friendly. And these northerners would turn up, all go into the hotel, and they'd be moaning. Oh, I don't like this, don't like that, oh, I don't like the sea down here. I don't like this town, I don't like the pier. And this lady said to them once, they were regular visitors every year, and she said, you don't like it down south here. And they were saying, oh, no, no, don't like this, southerners, oh, don't speak to you. Don't like this, don't like that. And she said, well, why is it you come here every year on the coach? And they were a bit sort of flummoxed about that. Apparently they were, oh, well, um, well, well, I don't know. <laughs> they didn't really have an answer to that, which was quite funny. But it is true. I've known, you know, since I was a child, I remember people saying that uh, we were a bit stuck up down here as far as the northerners were concerned. I think it's true. Well, not stuck up. That's, is that the word? Is that the expression, the way to put it? I think people down here, us so-called Southerners, keep ourselves to ourselves, or a lot of them do. They just keep themselves to themselves. They don't get involved with neighbours and the rest of it. They don't go out a great deal. That's me, isn't it? No, I get involved with the neighbours. We have our street parties in the summer, things like that. We have all sorts out there going on. But I think there are certain people in every street in the UK that, keep themselves to themselves, they don't want to get involved, and they don't speak to other people, which is fine if that's what they want. A chap I know, his immediate neighbour is uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, and they don't celebrate Christmas. A lot of people don't, do they? You know, he's not bothered. They're not bothered. Every Christmas he's got his Christmas tree in the, in the window with the lights, and lights all hanging outside off the house, and lit up Santa Claus and whatever, reindeers and Rudolph and all this stuff. Goes a bit mad with it all. And the neighbours have nothing because they don't celebrate Christmas. And neither of them take offence at that. They just get on as neighbours. It's a shame everyone can't be like that. Each to their own. That's what I've always said. That's one of my pet sayings. Each to their own. Talking of neighbours and getting on with people, I remember when kids used to play out in the street. Now, you don't see that anymore. When I was a kid, we used to, with the neighbours' children, you know, I'd be out there playing marbles and playing cigarette cards, doing swapsies with things, all sorts of stuff. We were on our tricycles. When I was, what, five or six, I had a tricycle. I love that, and one or two of the others did. Then we moved on to roller skates, and that was the, the craze at the time. We are all roller skating up and down the road. Just don't see children playing outside anymore, probably because in a lot of roads... Cars are parked halfway on the pavement, so you can't really skate up and down the pavement as we used to. I never saw a car back then parked halfway across the pavement. It just didn't happen. You just didn't do that. Of course, there were less cars then, I know all that. Less cars, less people, less traffic, blah, blah, blah. But where do the children go these days? We have a couple of local parks. They've often got kids there in the summer which I suppose is safer in a way. There again, there are swings and stuff they could hurt themselves on. But it was great roller skating up and down the street with the, the neighbours' children. I remember my mum calling us in, lunch is ready, yeah, we'd go in and have lunch. Then afternoon tea, we always had to have afternoon tea, then the evening meal. What happened to elevensies? People don't have elevensies anymore, do they? That was a kind of 11 o'clock snack. And then you'd have lunch, and then you'd have, do you remember high tea? Not quite sure what high tea was. My grandmother used to do high tea. She thought she was posh, and she wasn't at all. She came from, I won't tell you where she came from, in case someone, I know the road. I know the exact road, the town where she lived. I daren't say that's a really common road. It's awful there, because someone might be living there, listening to this, and you'll be thinking, well, thanks very much. <laughs> My grandmother was weird. So was her grandfather. He was weird. They looked down upon people, you know, oh, oh, terribly nice weather. What, what, what? They're awful people, really. Anyway, I've, I've lost my thread. I've lost my thread. First time this uh, this episode. Oh, who was it? Uh, Jerry. Hello, Jerry. He said, can you leave the outtakes in? Yeah, we've talked about this before, haven't we? There aren't that many outtakes. 
There's no swearing, which is what Jerry wanted to hear, when things go wrong or I cough or bash the microphone and there's a loud clunk. There's no swearing, Jerry. I might say gosh or crikey. Do you remember the expression crumbs? People would say crumbs. I don't know why they'd say crumbs. Not sure what crikey means. Cripes, as in C-R-I-P-E-S, cripes. I looked that up and apparently it's a, another way of saying Christ. Because to say Christ is, is a bit, well, it's not blasphemous, but well, perhaps it is. So people used to, this is in the old days, they would say cripes. And I had on one of my apps, a weather alert type app, a notice would come up, cripes, frost alert. <laughs> and there'd be a little picture of a, I don't know, someone shivering. Just going back to my grandparents, my grandmother, if we're walking along the street, I was, say, five, six years old, she'd make me wear this beret. Awful thing, this little beret. I don't know what it looked like, like an idiot, I suspect. And she'd say, oh, look, here comes Mrs. Jones. Now you must say, how do you do, Mrs. Jones? And, you know, we'd stop and uh, Mrs. Jones would say, oh, hello. And I'd say, how do you do, Mrs. Jones? And even at that age, I was aware that it was all false. How do you do, Mrs. Jones? You know, I felt like saying, off, Mrs. Jones. <laughs> But, dear, I had to wear this berry. I remember being on the bus with my grandmother and I was fiddling with the, you know, the little thing in the top of the berry, like a little, I don't know, a bit of wool sticking out or something daft. And I'd fiddle with that. Don't do that, dear. <laughs> don't do that, dear. Do you remember that, uh, was it a record or whatever? Joyce Grenfell, was it, I think? Where she'd say, don't do that, George. She had a, a class of children, I think, young children. And we're never quite sure what George was doing. I think he was sitting next to a girl. And she said, don't do that, George. Reminded me of my grandmother. I never did understand the expression, how do you do? Because one person would meet another and they both say, how do you do? Neither of them would say, oh, I'm doing well, thank you. Yes, blah, blah, blah. They just both say, how do you do? And they not answer each other. How do you do? Well, I'd do a lot better if I hadn't bumped into you, to be honest. <laughs> If you meet someone in the street and they say, hi, how are you? They don't want to know. They don't want you to start saying, well, my knee's been bad. I had to go to the doctor. He sent me to the hospital. And, you know, they x-rayed it. Now, that was last... Was that Thursday? No, no, that was Wednesday because it rained Thursday and it was sunny Wednesday when I walked to the hospital. I haven't had the result yet. Blah, blah, blah. And they go on and on. And you think, I wish I hadn't asked. When someone says, how are you? They don't want to know. They don't want to know how you are. People are funny, aren't they? All this kind of psychology and people watching. I've said before, haven't I? I used to love people watching. I still do if we're out somewhere, if I'm forced to leave the house. <laughs> I've got to go to Butlins in February. It's getting closer and closer. It's a nightmare. Nightmare on Elm Street. Butlins in February. Anyway, there we are. I've got to do it. As I've said many times this year, when I've moaned about this to you all, we get to February... We do butlins, and I'm not too disappointed because the spring is literally round the corner. And lunch is just around the corner. It's midday. Struth, here I am, rabbiting to you. I'm starving. I might faint. Lack of food. I shall see you in a nanosecond. Why it's a nanosecond, I don't know. But it is. You're, You're listening, listening to, to Radio Ray, Ray transmitting, transmitting on 1395 kilohertz in the medium wave band. Sorry about that. Do you know, I'm often asked about the 60s. You're being old. They say, what was it like in the 60s? You were there. What was it like? And the main question I'm asked is, what do you remember most about the 60s? Most of all, pirate radio stations, the fashion, music, Carnaby Street, all that kind of stuff. If you think about the music, the pirates introduced all the music, basically. The BBC didn't. Motown, you know, Soul, all that stuff, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, the Beatles, of course, the Rolling Stones, Herman's Hermits, it goes on and on. We were just surrounded, we were just overloaded with music, good music as well, by good groups, as they were called back then. They're called bands now, aren't they? It was fantastic. I mean, the BBC did have a go with uh, Pick of the Pops, wasn't it, on Radio 2, Sunday evening. Was it between five and seven? Everyone had their tape recorders ready. There's Alan Freeman saying, OK, pop pickers, <laughs> and next up we've got so-and-so, then we'd all press record. And he did, I remember on one or two Sundays, he did say, get your record buttons ready now. 
then he'd leave a little gap so you could press record, then he'd play the record. Bit naughty because uh, technically you weren't allowed to record the stuff because of copyright. And of course, more than technically, you weren't allowed to rebroadcast it on a pirate radio transmitter. That's the, the way that things eventually went with pirate radio. It wasn't so much people being done for transmitting illegally. They went for the copyright angle in the end. Yes, you're playing music on the radio. Your transmitter is illegal. The Wireless Broadcasting Act or whatever it was of 19-something, 67, wasn't it? And it ended up that the, the authorities, the, the did was it Department of Trade and Industry and then Ofcom and stuff, went more for copyright rather than, you know, you're transmitting illegally. But the 60s were a, just a fantastic time. Everything about the 60s was good. Well, bear in mind, I was a teenager. And when you're a teenager, especially in the 60s, most things are going to be good, aren't they? Although we only had, what, two or three television channels. TV was good back then, the programme. I won't go through all the programmes, I've done that before. But Z cars and all that stuff, absolutely brilliant stuff. Back in the day, it was really good. When the pirate ships were closed down, Caroline London, Swinging Radio England, the whole lot were closed down in the end. People started pirating from home on the AM band, Medium Wave. They started pirating from their bedrooms. And it wasn't easy. There were no transmitters available that you could buy. Well, they were. They were commercial, professional stuff, but that cost thousands of pounds. So pirates built all their own stuff. They had reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder and set up a little studio, you know, like someone would in their bedroom, have the transmitter and the aerial going down the garden. A lot of them got caught, of course, had their equipment confiscated. But it was great fun. I remember friends of mine pirating. I remember seeing them in their bedroom doing their DJing, you know, with a couple of record decks playing the Beatles and the Stones, Dave Clark Five. And what they would do is pre-record onto reel-to-reel -reel tape, pre-record, say, an hour or a two-hour programme, and they'd start pre-recording it at 10 o'clock in the morning, for example, or 10 o'clock at night. So they could then say, it's now 10.14 and it's coming up to 10.30. So, of course, when it went out on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, it appeared to be live. They would say, we're live. And they weren't live, of course, it was pre-recorded, but they gave out the correct time. I remember driving over to Brighton. I won't go on about pirates, but uh, it, it was interesting tuning around on a Sunday morning on a transistor radio, see what you could hear. Went over to Brighton once, there was a very strong signal, and I kind of got my transistor radio and did a bit of direction finding found out where it was coming from, found it over near Brighton. And just as I pulled up, quite away from the house where it was, this was in the days of the GPO, the post office, they were the pirate catchers, just as they pulled up in their van and a police car, <laughs> they were going to raid the place. And I'm watching from a distance. And I thought, oh, what a shame. You know, that was great. I was listening to that on the car radio. And, of course, it switched off. They took the gear away. And that was the end of that station. Only for a week or two, they came back on from another address. Happy days. Because I was in radio and TV trade, electronics, I remember one or two people, you know, we'd be in the pub, and someone, they'd know us, they'd know who we were, my little group of friends, we were in the TV trade, and someone would sidle up to us, can you build me an audio mixer? Um, yeah, what for? Oh, uh, just for my studio, just my home studio. This happened on more than one occasion. And of course it was valve stuff back then. There were transistors, but uh, valve stuff is what I was into. And I remember one chap in the pub sidled up to me. He knew I was into amateur radio. And he said, can you build me a transmitter? So I said, what, for medium wave? That's the AM band. And he said, yeah, can you build me a transmitter? About 20 watts. And I did. I shouldn't have done it really. But uh, anyway, I built him this transmitter. I think he gave me, what was it, about 10 quid? which wasn't bad back then. I had all the parts kicking around my workshop anyway, and I just knocked up this transmitter for him. And the following Sunday, <laughs> I tuned in on uh, my transistor radio. There he was, radio whatever. I think it was Radio Ocean, was it? I can't remember. Or Channel Radio, as in the English Channel. I don't know. But it was great, and I thought, well, that sounds very good. Very good quality, that transmitter. Of course, I built it. Of course, it was good quality. So, looking back to the 60s, what do I remember most? The music, the pirate radio stations, the clothes, the fashions, of course. 
not only the mini skirts for girls and things like that that they wore, but for us boys, the flared trousers, flared jeans, the shirts, the jackets, tie-dye t-shirts. There was such a choice. It really was an amazing time to be around. Shoe shops at the time for men, what a choice you had. The Cuban heel boots, moccasins, so-called brothel creepers. Do you remember those? I don't know why they were called brothel creepers, but they were kind of suede things. I had some beautiful Cuban heel boots. I had a pair of cowboy boots and the moccasins. They were lovely, the moccasins. They were more like slippers. They were really soft, supple type leather. Fantastic. And shoes with gold buckles on. You know, for men, this is for us boys. Gold buckle on the front or perhaps a buckle at the side. Looked like, um, you know, pirates. I'm talking of pirates, yes. Well, they swashbuckling whatever they were, people. Yeah, they had a fantastic choice of clothes. And Carnaby Street, I went there several times. Absolutely amazing place. The clothes they had, whatever you wanted, you could get it there. Jimi Hendrix apparently got a lot of his clothes in uh, Carnaby Street when he was over. I saw him at the Royal Albert Hall. He must have nipped round to Carnaby Street. Shame I didn't go round there. I could have said hello. Just going back to the pirate stations briefly, what I meant to say really was they'd set their clock to 10 o'clock. Doesn't matter what time of day it was, they'd set their clock to 10 o'clock. Then pre-record the programme. They could glance at the clock and say it's now 20 to 11, for example. And they'd start the transmitter at 10 o'clock on Sunday. And people thought it was live. Anyway, it's now Saturday. My cold is worse than ever. Monday, New Year's Day, we've got this... Uh, soiree round at Trisha's sister's house. The entire family are all going to turn up round there. And if I'm like this, I better not go. I don't want to give them all the lurgy. Dreadful it is. Trisha's now round at my mum's. We go there every Saturday. Well, this is the fourth Saturday that I've not been there. It was all planned for me to go and this has just got worse. Anyway, no point in moaning. It wasn't the wireless broadcast act, was it? I think it was 1967, the Wireless Telegraphy Act. The government bought that in to make the pirate ships, even though they were in international waters, to make them illegal, something like that. I can't remember. It's a long time ago, isn't it? Talking about the 1960s being the best time for me, that's because I was in my teens. Now, someone who were in their teens in the 50s, they would look back and say... Oh, the 50s were terrific. That's when electric guitars really came into their own. That's when we had Buddy Holly and Eddie Cochran and all that. The 50s, that was a decade to, to really live for. Someone else might say, no, I was a teenager in my 70s. Oh, the 70s were brilliant. So it doesn't matter which decade that uh, you were a teenager in. You're going to look back at that decade and say that was the best one of all time. Having said that, the 60s were the best of all time, no matter, <laughs> no matter what anyone says. I'm nearly choking myself now. I must get another lem sip or something in a minute. Did you spot the deliberate mistake? I said, someone else might say, I was a teenager in my 70s. Well, they can't be a teenager in their 70s. A teenager in the 70s. There we are. That's an outtake that normally I would have changed that. So who was it? I can't remember now. No swearing there, but uh, that's an outtake that I've left in. Well, it's not an outtake, because it wasn't taken out. I don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Have you noticed, perhaps when you were young, did you notice that some of your friends, maybe one or two, were really old, or they were only, say, 18, 19, 20. They were like old men. I had an email the other day from Janet. No, not that Janet. This is another one. Hello, Janet. Thanks for your email. And she's talking about people... Even though they're young, they act like old people. She said, especially some of the men. Now, I know what you mean, Janet. I know exactly what you mean. I knew a chap. He was 23. And he was bald. He had a moustache. And he just looked so old. This is when I was, I don't know, 18, I suppose. And he, I just felt sorry for him. Because he looked so old. And I knew one or two people that... I knew one or two people that didn't look old but they acted like old men. There was another one, one in particular. Honestly, he was, he was, well, people used to call him an old woman. I don't think that's fair because with all due respect to old women, they weren't like that. He was like an old man. He had an old man's car, you know? 
he did old old man's type things. I can't think offhand what, but uh, oh, one thing was he used to go bowling, you know, on the on the bowling green on the on the grass. He play bowls. Actually, looks like quite an interesting game, but it's for older people, and he was in his teens. But he just acted like an old man. I don't know. Janet's saying that she remembers one of her friends at school. Crikey, that is young. And she says this uh, chap at school, you'd think he was in his 50s. He didn't like anything that the youngsters did. He dressed like an old man. (laughs) I'm trying to think, Janet. Dressed like an old man. Now, which era was this? You don't say your age, so I don't know when you were at school. But this, uh, this, (laughs) this boy at school looked like someone in his 50s. Or rather acted, it's acted like someone in their 50s, isn't it? Thanks for that, Janet. Let's move on. Here we go again. Met Office issues six weather warnings as Britain braces... Listen to this. As Britain braces for storm hell just days after tornado. Storm hell. These are getting worse. They re- oh, I'm losing my voice now. Thank goodness for that, you're saying. No, these are getting worse. Wind and rain set to hit the south coast of England. That's me. I'm the south coast of England. Well, I'm not. That's where I am. I don't know why I've just thought of this, but a chap I knew many decades ago, I think it was the 70s, his wife, he was older than me, his wife used to go to bed very early, nine o'clock in the evening, and she'd go to sleep. And what he would do, she'd say, I'm going up now. Yeah, OK, I'll join you a bit later. I'm just going to watch this programme. She'd go upstairs and go to sleep. He'd sneak out of the house to the pub, just down the road, 100 yards down the road. And I'd see him in there. I wasn't in there all the time, but uh, very often saw him in there. And he told me that this is what he did. And then he'd sneak back in when the pub closed at 11. He'd sneak back into the house, slip into bed beside his wife, who was still sleeping, and he got away with it. He got away with it for over a year. I remember him saying, over a year. One day, she called him out. She woke up, she looked for him, he wasn't in the house. When he finally got back into bed, 11 o'clock, just got 11, she could smell beer. And that set her mind racing. She thought, right, this is it. How often does he do this? She didn't say anything to him. And she realised after a while, it was every night. She'd go up about 9 o'clock, he'd go down the pub, sneak back in at just gone 11. So what she did, it's quite funny, what she did, I don't think they got on too well anyway. She said one night, I'm going up now, and he said, yeah, I'll see you later. She slipped out of the front door and went to the pub. So, of course, once he thought that she was upstairs, he'd give her five or ten minutes, go to sleep. He slipped up to the pub as well. And there she is sitting at the bar next to me. This was next to me. She's chatting to me. And he came in. <laughs> I can't laugh because of my sore throat. And he said, what are you doing here? I thought you were in bed. She said, I thought you were watching telly. You do this every night, don't you? And he said, no, I don't do this every night. Just once or twice, perhaps once or twice a month, if that. And she said, I know you're lying. She said, I've been talking to all the people in here. She did say, not me, not Ray, fortunately. She said, all of them in here say that you're in here every night. Anyway, they they ended up in all sorts of trouble. I don't know what happened in the end. I think they split up. But I remember thinking, that was crafty, wasn't it? That really was crafty. Talking of being crafty, in the old days, a lot of husbands didn't tell their wives what they earned. They'd open their wage packet. Do you remember the little brown envelopes in the good old days? And they'd give the wife... I shouldn't say the wife, should I? I'll get complaints now. The wife. The missus. Do you remember that? Do you remember people saying the missus? Now they say her indoors. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That came from um, that programme, didn't it? Oh, what was it called? can't remember. Her indoors. That was George Cole, wasn't it, that said that? With uh, Terry, what was his name? Anyway, I digress. So what this chap used to do was give his wife 10 quid out of the wage packet. That was the housekeeping money. I don't know whether we have housekeeping these days, do we? And she would then do the shopping and the weekly whatever with the £10. And what this chap was doing, he was earning very good money. She hadn't got a clue what he earned. Wives back in those days didn't know what their husbands earned. Most of them anyway. And he was stashing £20 a week away. £80 a month in cash. He was stashing this under a floorboard. 
up in his, what he called his study, his kind of den, I suppose you'd call it these days. Now, he was a friend of a friend. That's how I know this. He wasn't a friend of mine as such. And apparently, he saved over a £1,000. I don't know in what period of time. Must have been quite a while. £80 a month where you can work that out. I can't. I can't do maths. So, his wife, this is the story, his wife discovered this floorboard and what was beneath it, this over a thousand pounds in used notes. So like a thief in the night, well, she was a thief. What she did, she stole the money. She left the floorboard just in the middle of the room. She opened the window. It was upstairs. She opened the upstairs window and she propped a ladder. They had, they had the ladder out in the back garden. She propped it up against the back wall. This was while he was at work one afternoon. And then she went shopping, which is what she did on this particular afternoon. She always went shopping. When she got home, she called the police. They came round, as they did in those days. They don't now. And she said, look, I don't know what's happened here. There's a ladder. Someone's been in the house. And they said, what's missing? And she said, well, I don't know, but they've lifted a floorboard there. What was under the floorboard? I don't know. Nothing. As far as I know, nothing. Of course, the husband got home. The police were still there. And she explained what had happened. And apparently, he, he just went sort of deathly white when he realised that his money had been stolen. Just to fill in a little gap, I should have said this initially. He was very tight with money. He gave her the £10 and he expected her to do everything with that if she wanted makeup, if she wanted some new clothes... They didn't have children, fortunately. But he was very tight with money. He just gave her the, the £10 and that's it. You're not having any more. And he wouldn't let her go out to work, which uh, she wanted to do, but he wouldn't have that. So she now had well over £1,000 in cash, hidden somewhere, I don't know where. As I said, all this came from a friend of a friend. And the police said to him, do you know why they would have lifted the floorboard? And he said, I've no idea. I didn't even know it was loose myself. So he couldn't tell them that the, the money had been stolen. And that was that. The perpetrator of the crime was never discovered. Just one of those unsolved mysteries. And the police just closed the case and that was the end of that. I heard through this mutual friend that they eventually split up. And she obviously went off with the cash. So that was rather nice. What a thing to do though. To your husband. Mind you, what a thing to do to your wife hide a load of cash under one of the floorboards and be pretty tight with money. I don't know what he was saving it up for. Perhaps he was planning to leave. I did know a chap. This was back in the same sort of era. He wanted to leave, had a rented house with his wife and they just didn't get on and he wanted to leave. But she was the one that earned the money, not him. He had a job, but it was poorly paid. She had a very good job. So she was the one with the money. And what he did, he saved... Over a period of two years, he saved enough money to get out of the, the rented place that was basically hers, because she was the, the money owner, and he had enough in the way of a deposit to rent a little flat somewhere, put down on a flat, and he got himself a better job. And he had some savings. I don't know how much it was, but uh, he did save over two years. She was a controlling type person, you know, she had to control everything and she controlled him. But of course she was totally unaware that he was stashing away all this money. Well, I say all this money, it wasn't a lot, his wages. I think the arrangement was he kept his wages. She didn't want any of that because her money was so good. So that was sort of his pocket money, basically. Some marriages are, are peculiar, aren't they? They're strange the way people work. I think I've said before that some... Husbands and wives have separate money, separate bank accounts. That's yours, that's mine, we're all separate. Whereas others, such as Trish and myself, it's just all one pot. We don't have anything separate. But everyone's different. What did I say earlier? Each to their own. Good example recently, actually, Trish uh, and her sister. Boxing Day, when the family were here, they're all talking about it. Her sister and someone else, I forget, one of the daughters. One of the daughters, I shouldn't say the daughters, should I? One of our daughters. They were talking about going to see some show or something. Tickets were £112 each. And they just say, yep, yeah, OK, we'll book that. Trish said, look, I'll book it. I'll pay for it all. You, you give me the money for your tickets. She didn't have to ask me. And if I want to spend, say, 
hundred quid on what she would call more junk, <laughs> which is actually valuable electronic equipment, I don't have to ask her. I can just order something online for a hundred quid or whatever. If it's a lot more than that, then we will discuss it. She'll say, look, this is 200 quid. What do you think? Or I'll say, look, it's a couple of hundred quid. And she'll say, yeah, that's fine. But in the main, you know, we don't have to ask each other. If she wants to go out with her sister and one or two of the, the other ladies in the group, then she'll just say to me, right, next Friday I'm off out to so-and-so. Yeah, fine. Which is good. The only thing is, <laughs> is Butlins. She'll say, I'm going to Butlins in February. Yeah, that's fine. And you're coming too. Oh, that's not fine. I have known over the years, bear in mind I've been around for decades, hundreds of years, I've known situations where the wife in a, a relationship, the wife, earns quite a bit more than the husband. I've known several couples in that sort of situation over the years, and the husband doesn't like it. And it's become a real problem. It really has become a, a thing between them, and they start drifting apart. He doesn't like it that she's the breadwinner. She earns all the cash. He works as well, but she's on far better money than he is. There was a time many years ago when I was uh, working on restoring the vintage radios that Trish, she got promotion and all the rest of it in her office. She was earning more than me. Not a lot, but she was earning more than me. And she knew a couple that were having problems. And she said, does it bother you? And I, I laughed. I said, bother me? It was one summer. I said, bother me? I said, if you earned twice the money you're on now, I needn't work at all. I could just sit in the garden in the sun all day. It doesn't bother me at all. I said to her, I don't care where the money comes from, whether you earn it or I earn it or we earn it. It goes into the pot. It doesn't matter who has put in what amount. But I have known one couple, at least, that split up over it. He couldn't stand it. He wanted to be the breadwinner. He was, I suppose, old school. I remember him saying to me that his father, his grandfather, they're all old school. I think it had rubbed off on him. You know, the man is the breadwinner. The wife doesn't work. She's supposed to be the housewife and all this nonsense. And they split up in the end. I don't care if, you know, if Trish wants to earn 200 grand a year so I don't have to work. That's fine by me. <laughs> she wasn't on 200 grand a year, unfortunately. We're coming up to the hour. Raise rants at protonmail.com. If you wish to have a moan or praise me. I know a lot of you do praise me. Some moan. I like all emails, praise or moan, doesn't matter. Not long now, New Year's Day tomorrow. What's the year going to bring? Do you have New Year's resolutions? I don't, I never have. In the old days, I'd say, right, that's it, January the 1st, I'm going to give up smoking. I never did. I did give up smoking eventually. When was that? 2008, I stopped smoking, so that's a while ago. But that wasn't a New Year's resolution. I just don't like New Year's resolutions because they don't seem to work half the time. So if you want to tell me yours, there's an idea. Do you have New Year's resolutions? If so, raise rants at protonmail.com. Tell me all about it and I shall read them out. Now I will see you on, I'll see you next year. We're off to the Isle of Wight in May. Oh, and grandson, when he was here Boxing Day, when are we going to the Isle of Wight, Grandad? So I looked at his mum number two daughter. She said, we could do that at some stage. So it looks like we're going twice. Anyway, I've awful enough. I must go and get my lemon sip or whatever it is. Take care, look after yourselves, do exactly what I wouldn't do or would do and have some fun. Happy New Year. Bye-bye for now.